0: Today is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Classified documents found at Biden's private office. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Let's get through that news of the cray together. Joining me as always to get through it, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones, Phillip. What's going on, guys? Happy hump day. Halfway home.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm living the dream. Halfway home, <laughs> caffeinated, contented. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, how are we already... I don't know. time just goes so quickly we're already to wednesday and we're already what's the date It's the 11th i guess it's
0: january who knows yeah i loved what uh our colleague john Stolness said um what, somebody said it feels like friday already and, and and we realized well it's only wednesday and he said it's yeah it's terrible how they put all those days in front of friday oh yeah that was me complaining about that it wasn't friday yeah <laughs> But anyway, we got a lot coming up. Uh, what are you guys looking at here uh, for the Focus story?
1: Well, I'm going to be talking about deconstruction.
0: Yeah, it's a popular topic now, and um, I think one worth getting into because you hear it more and more. So look forward to that. Also, on the main thing, we're going to take a closer look at the separation of church and state. You hear that phrase a lot now, and it's being misused. And so we're going to take a look at the phrase's history Where does it come from? What does it mean? What's the truth behind it all? We'll have that on the main thing today. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Classified documents were found at President Biden's private office space, and they were found while his attorneys were packing files at the Penn Biden Center. This has sent the political world into a bit of a frenzy, with many pointing out that the FBI went ahead and raided former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate um, and went through a bunch of files there and documents that they found there. It's particularly awkward for Biden as he just criticized Trump over that incident, calling it irresponsible. While representatives like Ronnie Jackson said, where is the dramatic FBI raid? We have two systems of justice in this country, one for them and one for us. More than 34 million people in the southwest U.S., they're under flood watches today as a powerful storm continues to batter California. A lot of videos popping up, including Ellen DeGeneres, is one showing a massive um, river just flowing through. I've seen a couple other videos on the highways of just um, muddy water just streaming down the roads. They've gone from extreme drought in California to extreme flooding in just a matter of days and NFL QB Blaine Gabbert's being hailed as a hero after rescuing four people from a helicopter crash in Tampa off the Davis Islands. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more at cbnnews.com. What's going on with the NFL, guys? You have um, Peyton Hillis, who was uh, a former running back, and he saved his kids from drowning, and now Blaine Gabbert, who's actually the current backup to Tom Brady uh, in Tampa there and he was out on his day off i guess just jet skiing with his brothers and a helicopter crashes right out there and he he's first on the scene obviously able to get there before um the uh, uh the fire and and rescue teams could get out there and uh and so they were able to save these four people who were in a sinking helicopter out on the water so um you got a lot of these heroes just popping up in the NFL all of a sudden but um, a crazy story, no doubt about it. But uh, obviously in the political world, we're hearing a lot about um, this document being f- these documents being found at Biden's private office space. And of course, um, given what happened to Trump, the uh, responses are sort of predictable.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, right? Because you you don't know if you're dealing with apples to oranges or what, but it it seemed like an almost immediate, oh, this isn't as bad, right? And to me, it's sort of interesting because nobody was tripping over themselves really in the mainstream media to do that for Trump in the beginning, right? And it just speaks to the general disconnect that I think there is again and again and again in almost every issue um, and a lack of fairness, really.
2: Well, I think it's just the benefit of the doubt is always extended one way. Uh, you know, we've got to wait and see, wait and see, because if they're a Democrat, they're a very benevolent, good person. Like, they would never do anything deceptive. If it's a Republican, they would only do something deceptive. So we can go ahead and jump to conclusions there. So I think just the overall unfairness is nothing more, at least for people who are on the conservative and probably even on the independent side of the aisle or, you know, somewhere in the middle. I think those two camps are probably just looking at the story with an eye roll uh, because it's just more of the same.
0: Right. Just trying to use it for spin and to make the other person look bad. I saw a clip going viral of The View, which tends to happen from time to time, whether they're worthwhile or not. That is a separate issue. But Joy Behar was essentially saying that, well, we know Trump is a liar. And so it's not a stretch to assume that he did something wrong Whereas we don't believe Joe Biden's a liar, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's the main problem that so many people see with the mainstream media is that they instantly jump to guilt on one and then just give somebody the benefit of the doubt on the other. Instead of just looking at the case on its merit, you immediately jump to spin based on what you think of someone. and. That's how a lot of people see the media operating, and it's very frustrating.
1: And really, like, the bigger question should be if if this is a real issue, right, of classified documents leaving with presidents and going places they shouldn't go, perhaps the real issue is that there needs to be some sort of reform when presidents are leaving office. Maybe yeah. people should be thinking instead of targeting one particular person, now I'm not saying you don't, look, if somebody did something illegal it needs to be dealt with, if they didn't, that also needs to be dealt with. But but to look at the system and say, what do we need to do to make this better? That should be the role of the media in looking at those things. They're not even talking about that. It's just about... You know, hanging out one person to dry and and exonerating somebody else.
2: Billy, stop. Stop making sense. Stop telling the media to do what the media is supposed to do because they're never going to do what they're supposed to do.
0: And like, let's not act like this is a new phenomenon either. I mean, do we all remember the Docs and Socks, Sandy Berger? He was the Clinton National Security Advisor, Sandy Berger, and he admitted and pleaded guilty. To taking documents and hiding them in his pants and socks
1: from the national archives <laughs> taking That's them out I mean, This is not a new issue it's clearly yeah. a real problem right it's, it's actually a very serious problem if there are real documents that shouldn't be getting out that are so what is your plan should there be somebody there to watch the people leaving the white house right while they're backing up i don't know uh but we're not even talking about that no we're not so there's look
0: it, Decide if the thing is right or wrong and then just apply it equally to whoever's doing it. But that seems to be something that people are incapable of doing these days. And uh, hopefully that'll change at some point in the near future. But until then, we march on and we're going to take a look at deconstruction here, Billy. It's become a big topic in the church. We've seen several high profile Christians, including musicians, deconstruct their faith. I think Rhett and Link, the famous YouTubers... Trey and I covered that when a couple of years ago when they kind of famously renounced their faith. but it all comes along with this term deconstruction. Well Dominic Doan recently um, addressed this topic. so what, what did he have to say?
1: Well, yeah, like as you were saying, deconstruction, it's a buzzword, really, Um, and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, which is what makes it complicated. Obviously, from the base level, losing your faith, walking away from your faith in some way um, or dismantling your faith. That's what the word generally means. Um, There are people who reconstruct, but Dominic Dunn, he's got a new book out, Your Longing Has a Name come alive, the story you were made for. And he was recently on Daniel Fusco's podcast. And yeah, they were talking about this issue. And, you know, Dominic Dunn basically said, look, you know, this is something we need to be having a conversation about. I think a lot of people roll their eyes, you know, when we talk about it, or they kind of get frustrated because they're seeing these prominent people walk away, Uh, but what he said was, look, there are a lot of people who are wrestling with their faith in the church, and they're struggling with doubt, and so we need to be sitting down as Christians and really not only talking about it, but doing it in a constructive way that actually helps people process through those issues.
0: Yeah, and apologetics issues often drive some of this, but what are some of the other causes in his view?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because he talked about being in ministry and seeing these issues come up again and again. And the apologetics issues, those are the things, you know, where does the Bible come from? Why is there evil? Why is there suffering? These are the most common questions that people have. Um, and, you know, but he said that's actually not what he's encountered most in ministry. He said, quote, nine times out of ten, I'm discovering that what's fueling doubt and deconstruction often is a soul that's weary or disillusioned or struggling. Um, He talked about the different ways that people might be exhausted within the church. Maybe they've seen too much in a church, too much dysfunction has happened, or they become disillusioned for some reason due to social or cultural issues. That, he said, again, was like 90% of the cases that he was seeing, whereas we tend to talk more about those apologetic ones, which are important, right? We need to be able to answer those tough questions about evil and all of that, but but the deeper problems are that di- are the disillusionment and all that so um, I thought that was kind of interesting just talking about the the health and the wellness of a person's soul yeah. that's a big focus for him
0: yeah so why do you think, a couple of questions here why do you think it matters for believers today this deconstruction topic and is some doubt healthy and if so why
1: yeah I mean look He said in in this conversation that when your soul is flourishing and healthy, healthy, then no matter what you go through, you're going to be okay. When your soul is not in a healthy place, you're not going to be okay when you're going through those challenges. And that's where we see a lot of people lose their faith. Something big happens in their life. Something hard happens. And because their soul is not where it should be, things fall apart. And so it should matter to us as believers, you know, loving God, loving others, that we're making sure we're reaching people, not only with the truth and then walking away, but journeying with them and helping them when they have that disillusionment, when those issues are going on, that we're making sure we have healthy people and in turn healthy churches. We talk a lot about unhealthy churches. Well, why are churches unhealthy? Because there are people in them that are not spiritually healthy. Their souls are not in a good in a mm-hmm. good place. And so you know, that, that's a big thing I think we all have to weigh and think about. As far as doubt being healthy, there is a healthy doubt. And we have to, I think, delineate between healthy doubt and, the, and what he actually called cynical deconstruction. And that's what we're seeing in the culture, people leaving their faith and all that. But healthy doubt is when you're asking really good questions and finding the answers to it. You know, if you're going to deconstruct, you need to reconstruct based on Scripture, right? Um, and so this this that word deconstruction is a problematic word because I think, again, it raises negative things in people's minds. But doubt and healthy doubt is something that can actually lead us into a deeper faith where we have those answers that we crave.
0: Uh, it's, it's, it's worth talking about for sure because I think doubt is sort of a loaded word. I mean, it can mean a lot of different things. <laughs> I think if there's just an area you're unfamiliar with, Dealing with the problem of evil or different doctrines, and you're just unsure about how those all fit into the grand scheme of things, Um, I think it's completely worthwhile to explore those things, of course, and deepen your faith. But then there can be a negative doubt where you're sort of like, well, why would God do this? Why is this? And I I don't know about that. And, you know, constantly doing that is, I don't think, helpful uh, or healthy. Um, So I think it kind of depends on what you mean by the term doubt. I mean, we see in the Bible several times um, that, you know, God did these things and um, performed these miracles and left the scripture and um, came to earth here so that we may know. Right. So believers should know and feel comfortable and um, that all of this stuff is real. And if you and if you have doubt, I mean, it's like we're all human. We're going to have moments of doubt, but like that's when you lean into scripture, like you were saying, Billy, uh, and really double down on your faith. So I mean, and then I'll, the last thing I'll add here, and I'll get off my soapbox, uh, but the um, but the deconstruction thing, like you said, I think to me, the one uh, one thing that kind of bothers me is that it, it has not the implication of that you just jumped into your faith blindfolded and didn't even think about it you, you just you know it, it's it leaves this impression that most believers just haven't even thought about it we haven't given to to uh, hoots about a different theological matters or what what does this mean or what are the implications of this view and um and then now we're getting, we're having to undo it all right and so and i don't know the people i know at least that doesn't seem to be the case i think most people have wrestled with a lot of these things so i don't know I, i'll hop off the soapbox see what you guys have to say on this deconstruction topic
2: well i I think doubt is okay as long as it's as long as you're continuing to ask questions in the midst of your doubt I think we spend too much time being afraid of our questions that we end up not asking them and then that creates a vicious cycle right when I I bottle it up I don't ask the questions that I have uh, and then that creates more doubt that goes unaddressed uh, rather than just being open saying this doesn't jive with me i don't understand you know maybe that's a sin issue maybe it's just a lack of information can you help me to understand this i think being comfortable in our christian communities having those conversations is important and then like you were saying dan recognizing the difference between doubts that are helpful and worth exploring and then doubts that you just need to dismiss because those are from the enemy i think so often we'll have these things come into our mind And we know Scripture, right? We know what the Word of God says. We know what our pastor has been teaching us. We know what we've been studying on our own or learning in our small groups. And then we have this nagging feeling from our flesh that's coming in and saying this. I think it's just important as believers that in those moments we identify them and say, no, this is not a thought from the Lord. This is not my thought. This is a thought from the enemy. I need to just dismiss it out of hand. It doesn't need to be explored because it's not worth going down that rabbit hole, I know what the truth says, and that's where I need to to find comfort. So I think identifying what you have, and then if it's a doubt worth exploring, just be honest and open and, and yeah. explore it with people you can trust.
1: Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with all that. I think, I think doubt can be healthy when it's vetted the proper way. And that's what you're, that's what you're saying there. You know, yeah. you're going to have yeah. doubts that creep up. You got to differentiate, delineate. And when you find yourself moving away from the truth in scripture, you find yourself on a very slippery slope.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and by the way, yeah. t- two, I think take it to the Lord. Right? It's not like He's surprised. Just tell God, look, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. I'm really struggling with this. And I think if you're daily in the Word and you're being prayerful, the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate that for you, either through another believer or through your own reading of Scripture. Your you, those questions are not going to go unanswered if you continue to seek the Lord earnestly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And honestly, well, like one of my favorite things, um, you know, outside of just Scripture itself, is knowing that so many people in generations and generations and generations before us who are let's be honest way smarter than us uh, you look at some of these uh you know scholars from back in the day that you know they didn't have tiktok to get distracted by and they'd just sit there in their books all day and they'd study this stuff and they you know uh, you know I'm, I'm envious of them to be honest um it's it's a lot of so much fantastic stuff out there but when you look at like all these questions like there's nothing new under the sun like it's not like you can you can, un, you know, turn over some stone and be like, oh, here's something from the Bible that no one's considered. <laughs> I mean, it's just they've gone through this stuff and you can kind of see, all right, well, here's where people who think this landed here and people all land over here. But point is, like, you know, you can feel very confident as a Christian um, that, there, you know, it's not like there's going to be some surprise that's, that nobody right. thought of all of a sudden. And like, oh, ah, I guess you're right. You've defeated Christianity. Like, no. But um, but but the verse I was thinking of was of 1 John, um, I think, 5, let's see, yeah, 5.13. 5, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he knows he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked in him. So anyway, I just, I mean, it's unambiguous there that you may know you have eternal life so rest confidently in that if you are if you are struggling you can just trust in the words of god so um anyhow we could probably um rant on about that topic for a while guys but uh, i'm going to i'm going to put a lid on it there because we have got to get over uh, to the main thing now and as i mentioned at the top the separation of church and state uh, that has become you know a flashpoint here between secularists and christians you have a lot of people who think oh you can't mention god anywhere Um, but is that the real spirit of it and how do we um, address this phrase going forward what's the history of it where does it come from and what does it mean going forward well that is the subject and the topic on today's main thing
1: Now, you were the creator, the writer, the producer, and the director, and you did the voiceovers for this amazing new video that First Liberty Institute put out. It's called No Better Letter, and it deals with this issue. It's an important issue of the, quote, separation of church and state. This is something we hear quite often. People will talk about this as though there can be no intermingling whatsoever of church and state. And so let's talk a little bit about where this comes from. What is the history of this phrase?
3: Well, the the phrase is from a letter written. It's not in the Constitution like everybody seems to assume. It's from a letter written on January 1st of 1802 by Thomas Jefferson. A group from Danbury, Connecticut, had written him in October of 1801, and he finally wrote it back on January 1st. They were concerned that the... They were going to be kind of told what to teach, what to preach. And Jefferson told them, got nothing to worry about. The government's not going to tell you what to do.
1: And so... That's an interesting history, and you tell this history so well, and we'll, we'll have a link in the description to No Better Letters so people can watch this animated okay. video and see. But, but when you tell that story, that's very different from the narrative that we see many times in the secular space. You have organizations like yeah. Freedom From Religion Foundation and others that will talk yeah. about this as though Jefferson meant something entirely different than what you just said. What do you think drives that misunderstanding of this?
3: Well, I think uh... – I encourage everybody to read the original Danbury letter and then Jefferson's response. you could a five minute google search you could find them. and they wrote in kind of that flowery formality of the early eighteen hundreds that everybody wrote in but uh Jefferson was clearly putting their their minds at ease that the government's not here to tell them what to teach what to believe, and that's kind of that, that misunderstanding is kind of where the the train jumps to track with a lot of a lot of people they think that the government has the right to tell any any religious group to just back off anytime they want. <laughs> and it's really not what Jefferson meant. It's the exact opposite of what Jefferson meant.
1: Well, and you have cases which obviously First Liberty and, and other you know law firms have mm-hmm. dealt with these cases where you have bakers and photographers and others yeah. where the government actually comes in and tells them that they have to do something they're uncomfortable with when they cite their faith and they say we're not comfortable doing this, which actually mm-hmm. seems to be the exact violation of, of the First Amendment that Jefferson and others were trying to
3: avoid, correct? I know, I know. I, I read a uh, – uh, it was a – a review. I would call it a hit piece on the video that one of those groups did that you were talking about. And you have to wonder, did they even watch the video? And did they read the original letter? Because everything they're saying is the exact opposite of what it's all about. Well, it
1: is interesting, too. I mean, we're talking about, obviously, Jefferson was president at the time. He gets this letter. He responds to the letter. The fact that there's so much focus from from that side of things, from that secular side of things on this letter and this language in this letter is so fascinating to me. And this idea that this is in the constitution, right? Which as you said, this language is not. Why do you think people cling so strongly to that language in a random letter and a random correspondence (laughs) from the early 1800s?
3: Yeah. Well, I think, I think uh, a lot of people just don't want people of faith getting involved in politics, getting involved in government. They want to keep them out. They want to keep their values out. And so they they wrap themselves in this separation of church and state phrase, thinking that's what it means, that they have the power to keep the faith out of government. And it's really the opposite. It, the wall of separation uh, protects a church from control by the state. And they kind of get it backwards. And the video even explains how it's been misunderstood. And you see the... The churches with little walls built around them, so they can't, can't do anything. Right. And faith can't
1: it. leave the church, right? That's sort of the, you know, faith <laughs> yeah, can you can't get Yeah, there's a guy over
3: the wall. I can't get out, <laughs> that kind of thing.
1: What is your hope? You know, this is, this is a unique endeavor for First Liberty, this video. What is your hope for the I mean, impact it has?
3: Well, it, it was kind of inspired. I, I heard Kelly Shackelford tell the story many times of the origin of the wall of separation between church and state. And I thought, wow, well, what a great story, why don't more people know this? And so I started trying to think, what's the best way to tell this story? So I started watching uh, lectures by academic scholars and I was amazed how they could take something so interesting and make it so boring. And <laughs> so, you know, I thought, when you have an epic historical event, it calls for an epic poem to kind of take it to the next level, like the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. That's what makes it so historical, that it rhymes. So I thought maybe we could do a rhyming version of this story. And uh, be perfect for kids because they're the ones who need to know about this. And so it took me a long time to get all the rhymes and the iambic pentameter and the story and all that right and the arc of the story. And then we recruited a great illustrator uh, named Benjamin Vincent who, who did great artwork for us and uh, came together really well. I think it's about four minutes long and it tells a story in a way that I think kids will enjoy and I think grown-ups would like it too. Well, I
1: appreciate you taking the time to tell us about this. Where can people go if they want to watch the video? We're going to put the link in. Is there a special link to send them yeah, to?
3: You can, you can either go to just straight to YouTube, type in no better letter, or you can go to our firstcelebrity.org and it's posted on our site as well. Well, I so appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Well, Billy, thanks for having us. Take care.
0: All right, Billy, thanks for looking into that and, and bringing us that uh, segment. That was great. Uh, appreciate that explanation. So, all right, that's going to leave us with time for just one last thing, guys. What are we looking at?
2: Well, we're looking at Hebrews 4.16. I think within the context of the conversation we just had a few minutes ago about deconstruction, this is a perfect passage to look at. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need.
0: That's fantastic. I I have nothing to add to that. I just think I'll let the word speak for itself. Preach, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. That's a good spot to end it here on this Wednesday. Friday, Junior is right around the corner. All right, fine. It's You're listening to this probably at 7 a.m. Most of you, a lot of you, I know, listen at this first hour. So you got the whole Wednesday ahead of you. Enjoy it. Have a great Wednesday. And we will see you back here on Friday, Junior tomorrow. Lord willing, in that creek, don't rise. God bless. We'll see you then.